Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Samson meets her, and he says, in his very white voice, Hey, girl, what's your name? Weakened and impoverished. Yikes. Samson, get a clue, bro. She's going, look, if a woman tells you her name means weakened and impoverished, she's going to weaken and impoverish you, okay? There are five Philistine rulers in that day. The Philistine rulers, they came to Delilah and they said, go and find out how we can prevail against Samson. And we'll make you a very rich woman. Each one will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Saints, that's 5,500 silver shekels. That's approximately $50,000 in U.S. dollars. That is an enormous amount in those days. She's very wealthy. And I'll tell you something, just a little side note. When people are corrupt and they have an agenda, they will pay anything. And they are desperate to get Samson. Samson loves her. She doesn't love Samson. She takes the deal. In verses 6 through 14, she manipulates him over and over again. Did you see it? She said, Sammy, baby, where do you get your strength? Tell me so I can afflict you. In verse 6, in verse 10, it is funny. In verse 6 and not. It is verse 6 and 10 and 13. You got to give it up. She is persistent. He told her. If you weave seven locks of my hair in a loom, then, then I'll be weak. She takes the ropes. We read it. She ties his hand. She ties his hair in a loom. Delilah yells out, the Philistines are upon us. Samson wakes up and he just walks away with the loom to a, still attached to his head, breaking it. She said in verse 15, Sammy, you don't love me. If you love me, you tell me how I can hurt you. It's just like the, not the, this is the strangest thing ever. Tell me how I can hurt you. Tell me where your strength is coming from. Look at verse 17 in your Bible. He said, if you give me a haircut, a shave, I'll be weak like other people, like other men. And I get the picture that Samson is lying in Delilah's lap. And she's talking kind of, you know, sexy talk in his ear. You know, kind of like playing kissy face. Rubbing his neck, getting him relaxed. He feels great. He drifts off to sleep. He doesn't have a clue about what's going to happen. And as soon as he's asleep, she calls in the barber. He shaves off seven braids of hair. Don't get me wrong, saints. Watch this. Samson was not tricked. Samson was not deceived. He knew. Ex- she said, tell me so that I can hurt you. He was not tricked. He was not. He knew exactly what was up. Please look at verse 20. I had you underline it in your Bibles. And it is probably, write this down, probably the saddest verse 
certainly one of them in the entire Bible. And he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. The Philistines in verse 21 captured Samson. And we'll come back to that. And deported him to Gaza in shackles. And we learn a very valuable lesson here, saints. Keep your pen handy. Disobedience to God has repercussions. Y'all say a better amen than that. What are they, Pastor Rodney? Deportation, incarceration, mutilation, and humiliation. Deportation, incarceration, mutilation, humiliation. Deportation, they took him to Gaza. Incarceration, they bound him with bronze shackles. Mutilation, they gouged out his eyes and humiliation. They set him to grinding, which was a job for animals and slaves. Somebody once said that sin will bind you, sin will blind you, and sin will grind you. Sin will bind you. Sin will enslave you to bad habits that are hard to break. Somebody say amen. And sin binds you into believing there's nothing wrong in your life. It blinds you into believing that God doesn't care about sin. And sin grinds you to powder. And it uses up your life until your shell. Repeated, unrepentant sin will wear you out and waste your life. A life that could have been productive, a useful life that the Lord could have used. I've said this many times here at Calvary Chapel. It is very possible And many believers, listen to me close, they have a saved soul, but a wasted life. Yeah, a lot of people, listen, nobody's talking about whether you're going to heaven or hell or not, ma'am, sir. We're not talking about that. I'm telling you, it is possible, and many Christians do, have a saved soul, but their life is wasted. They do nothing for God. They do nothing for the kingdom. They do nothing to to further and lift up the name of Jesus to be a blessing to someone else. You're so wrapped up in yourself. You're so wrapped up in your own life that you are no good to anyone. Some people, they say, well, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. That, my friend, is a saved soul and a wasted life. So you come to church when you get to church, when vacation's not happening and we don't feel like going to the beach this morning and, you know, we were going to go for pancakes, but they're closed because of the Rona. Oh, well, we might as well just go to church. I mean, you make no difference to the kingdom at all. Am I talking to you? Look, look. The coronavirus cannot and should not stop us from serving the Lord. And if you serve, let me tell you, if you serve the Lord because it was convenient, then, then, then you weren't serving the Lord. A saved soul, isn't that Samson? A saved soul and a wasted life. In verses 23 through 31, I got to move forward. Read it in your own time. Just listen. The Philistines peruse with me. 2331. The Philistines continued to mock Samson. And they brought him up from the prison to entertain them. And finally, Samson prayed. And he asked God for help. In chapter 16, he asked God for help. 
And look at verse 28. Samson said, God, remember me. Strengthen me just this once that I might get vengeance on the Philistines and let me die with them. And with all of his might, he pushed the pillars that supported the pagan temple and the temple collapsed in verse 30. Samson killed more in his death than he did in his life. And his family came and buried him between Zorah and Eshtel, the place where the spirit of the Lord, by the way, came upon. He was buried in the very place that the spirit of the Lord came upon him in the first case at the first time. Chapter 13, verse 25 tells us just that. So Samson, saints, never lived up to his potential and his life ended in tragedy. Samson's story is really sad, isn't it? And, 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 and his story is a story of loss. Please listen to me, please. His story is a story of loss. The loss of so many things. He lost physically. Physically. Samson paid a high physical price for his sin with Delilah. He lost, write it down, his freedom. Not only did he lose physically, but he also lost his freedom. As sin had robbed him of his freedom, the Philistines took him and bound him, and he was the prisoner, the prisoner to his enemies. He lost his physical, he lost physically, he lost his freedom. Write this down. He lost his vision. The Philistine put out his eyes. They took his sight. They blinded him to make him easier to control. He lost his dignity. Dignity. First time Samson came to Gaza, it was for pleasure. This time he returns as a prisoner of the Philistines. And they take him to their prison and they force him to grind. They humiliated the judge of Israel by forcing him to do slave labor. And he lost his fellowship with God. Will you write it down? The Nazarite vow, number six, five, you'll find it there, was forbidden. You're forbidden to cut your hair. So when Samson cut his hair, he broke fellowship with God. Did you know I'm doing some reading yesterday? And this is interesting. Did you know? Probably don't. The average woman spends $50,000 in her hair, on her hair, in a lifetime. Some more, some less. Okay, fine. Stop. The average woman, listen, spends two years of her life getting her hair done. The average woman spends 41 minutes per day working on her hair. Survey says 54% of women got madder at their hair than they do it to their husbands. Amen. Did you know that Americans spend over $7 billion per year in hair care products? That does not include... Billions spent on haircuts, colors, perms, braids, and lace fronts. Everybody know what a lace front is? Lace front is a... What is a lace front, actually? I'm trying to say the words. A a lace front is like when they they got laces on the front. What's a lace front? Lace front is when they put the... It's a wig with laces... It looks more natural. That sounds expensive. I think this is wrong then. There must be more money here. 
Point is, seems to me, seems to me the hair is important to us, doesn't it? Think if hair is that important to us, how much more important it should have been to Samson. Samson didn't take his vows seriously over and over. He is pushing and testing the grace of God. Here it is. He's pushing and testing the grace of God. Judges 14, 5. Don't look there. Just write it down. It's too, It's there. 14, 5. He spent time in the vineyards. Remember, he was not supposed to be near wine. Forbidden. Uh, 14, 9. He touched a dead body or dead carcass, forbidden. 1410, he attended a feast and there was wine at that feast, forbidden. These things should have been assigned to Samson that he was moving away from God. So, saints, when Samson cut his hair, that is a bridge too far for God. There was no power in Samson's hair. The power is in what the hair symbolically represented. Samson's hair was the external symbol of his commitment to God. His hair spoke of his relationship with God. Samson's hair identified him as set apart for the glory and the use of God. So when he cut his hair, he cut his fellowship with God. And when God left Samson in verse 20, when God left Samson, God took his power with him. And Samson paid a high price for sin because he lost fellowship. Samson cutting his hair, watch this. Samson cutting his hair is Samson telling God, I love Delilah more than I love you. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. There it is. He was saying, God, I love my sin more than I love you. I ain't talking to nobody. Y'all hold on. I love my sin more than I love you. I love my flesh more than I love you. And you've heard me say, people don't fall into sin. People walk step by step into sin. People don't fall. Sin is a process. People don't fall into sin. People don't fall out the, like they fall out the bed in the morning. They don't fall into sin and go in the morning. Hey, well, you know, I think today I think I'll sin it up. You know, this looks like a good day to get out there and really destroy my life. Nobody thinks that way. Huh? Wave at me. Am I right about it? Come on, wave at me, huh? And nobody does that. Who does that? Who does that? What are you, nuts? No. What happens is, step by step, oh, I'm not supposed to touch something for, uh, dead. Uh, mm, I'm going to get some honey out of a carcass. I'm not supposed to be around wine. Oh, I'm going to a pagan party with the Philistines. You understand? It's a step-by-step process until you become consumed by your own lust. Somebody once said that sin will take you further than you want to go. You'll pay more than you want to pay, and you'll stay longer than you want to stay. That's so true. Can I read you something? I need your undivided attention. Listen close. Actually, Paul Harvey wrote this entire piece. I want to read it. It's the powerful story of the consuming, self-destructive nature of sin. The story is how an Eskimo kills a wolf. First, the Eskimo coats his knife blade with animal blood and allows it to freeze. Then he adds another layer of blood and another until the blade is completely concealed by frozen blood. And next, the hunter fixes his knife in the ground with the blade up. 
When a wolf follows his sensitive nose to the source of the scent and discovers the bait, he licks it, tasting the fresh frozen blood. He begins to lick faster, more and more vigorously, lapping the blade until the keen edges bare. Feverishly now, harder and harder, the wolf licks the blade in the Arctic night. So great becomes his craving for blood that the wolf does not notice the razor-sharp sting of the naked blade on his own tongue. Nor does he recognize the instant at which his insatiable thirst is being satisfied by his own warm blood. His carnivorous appetite just craves more until the dawn finds him dead in the snow. Satan is the hunter who seeks to devour you. He sharpens his knife, which is the cold blade of sin. The scent of temptation he applies to the blade, and it's different for each and every one of us. The devil knows our weakness. He gives us more and more and more of what we crave. We go deeper and deeper in satisfying our own unrighteous desires. And so here's the death trap. We never notice the hidden blade until it's too late because our spirit is numb from disregarding the Holy Spirit. Only when we're dying do we realize we've swallowed our own life in lusting after sin. That's the way it goes. Sin will take you further than you want to go. You will stay longer than you want to stay. And you will pay more than you want to pay. He lost his spiritual, write it down. He lost his spiritual discernment. Samson got used to living in the flesh. He had taken God for granted for a really long time. He wasn't aware or discerning that God had left him. That was an expensive haircut. There's nothing sadder than someone who claims to know the Lord, thinking they're living in the will of God, and God is nowhere around. Can I get an amen? Sin will cause you to believe you're always right no matter what you do or who you hurt. Sin is a deceiver. He lost his ministry. Y'all still with me? He lost his ministry. Because of his sin, the Lord put Samson on the shelf. He was removed as the judge over Israel. He was no longer a vessel fit for God's use. His ministry was over. He lost his testimony. His testimony. Samson is taken captive by pagan worldly people. And then in verse 23 and 24 in our Bibles in chapter 16, they said, the Philistines said, our God Dagon is the temple. D-A-G-O-N, Dagon. They said, our God has delivered Samson into our hands. Christian, listen, when the world mocks you, they mock God as well. A victory over Samson was considered a victory over God. And that is why Nathan said to David, when David sinned with Bathsheba, Nathan said, the prophet Nathan said, that you have caused the enemies of the Lord and given them a reason to blaspheme God. Because when the world sees you fall into sin, the world sees your really poor witness of who you say you are, well then when they mock you, they mock God. That's why we got to watch our lives. 
You know, I've always said it. People may never read the Bible, but they read your life from cover to cover. To cover. That's true. It's true. They read your life from cover to cover. So what is the gospel according to you? Because when they mock us, they mock our God. And in the end, I'm done. In the end, Samson loses everything. Delilah, not so much. I mean, think about it. Delilah was a sinner before this event, and she remained one after this event. Delilah became a very wealthy woman instantly. She was set for life, and eventually she dies. And when she dies, she died in her sins, and she went to hell. The Bible says, what would a prophet of man, Grandma Betty, am am I right about it? Yes, ma'am. What would a prophet, she said, what would it profit a man to gain the whole wide world and lose your soul? You could have Jeff Bezos money, Bill Gates money. You could have all the money in the world. But what does it profit you to have all the money in the world and lose your soul? That is not a wise nor fair trade-off. The real tragedy in this story is that Samson was supposed to be a man of God and he really lost everything. Can I give you five takeaways? And I'm done. Could have used this as my outline, but I'm just going to make them takeaways and we'll be done. Okay? Five point takeaways. This is what we learned from the life of the tragic life of Samson. We are called to live a holy life separated for the Lord. We are called to live a holy life. This is what we learned from this. Y'all with me so far? Say amen. We are called to live a holy life separated for the Lord. Number two, we learn that God uses situations to fulfill his purposes. Say amen. No happenstances for the believer in the kingdom. Number three, we are not free from consequences of our choices. We are not free from the consequences of our choices. My mother used to say, you made your bed lie in it. That's what that means. That's, that's the way mother wit, they used to call it mother wit. That means she just knows stuff. Mom knows stuff. You are not free from... Man, folk need to learn that today, don't we? You are not free from the consequences of your own choices. And number four, choose a mate or spouse within your own faith. That's so true. Don't be unequally yoked. Listen, if you're not married, don't ma- if you're a Christian and you're not married, wait on the Lord. Again, I say wait on the Lord. Because you can do bad all by yourself. Somebody wave at me. You know I'm preaching. You can do bad all by yourself. You do not need and nor should you. It's not wise nor biblical to marry someone who is not of the same faith. Sam's running around with all these women. Even his own mom said, hey, Oive, can't you find us a woman, a Jewish woman? Locks and bagels and. 
Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. That's not good. All right. And then number five, number five, number five. Use your strength for God's kingdom. Use your strength for God's work. We are called to live a holy life, separated. By the way, that's what holy means. It means separated for the Lord. God uses situations to fulfill his purposes. You are not free from the consequences of your choices. You choose a mate to espouse within your own faith. And finally, use your strength for God's work. So I'll tell you our next character next week. I'm leaving you in suspense. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.